According to recently released Census Bureau figures, America's population expanded just 0.1% over a recent 12-month period. That represents the lowest pace on record. To be more precise, America added only 393,000 people during the year ending July 1st. Our national population is now estimated at a bit short of 332 million. There were 148,000 more births than deaths during the period, and there were 245,000 more people moving into the nation than moving out. Perhaps it goes without saying that the pandemic had a significant impact on population, but there are many other factors at work. As indicated by the Wall Street Journal, birth rates have declined steadily since the 2007-2009 recession. Meanwhile, death rates have edged higher, particularly in states hit hardest by the opioid epidemic. A slowdown in legal immigration commenced in 2017, which has further diminished the country's rate of population growth. 17 states lost population, led by New York, which lost 1.6% of its population over the last 12 months, for which data exists. Other states that lost population rapidly are Illinois, Hawaii, and California. Population in the District of Columbia declined by nearly 3%. For WIPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. For the first time, federal regulators are warning that climate change represents an emerging threat to the U.S. financial system. As indicated by writer Alan Rappaport, the Financial Stability Oversight Council, a group of top financial regulators led by the Treasury Secretary, offered a grim assessment of how the fallout from rising temperatures could spread, diminishing property values and saddling insurers, banks, and pensions associated with the real estate sector with heavy losses. Moreover, the report lays out how the costs associated with more hurricanes, wildfires, and floods attributable to global warming could lead to cascading damage throughout the economy. The report stops short, however, of recommending the types of policy prescriptions that environmental groups have been calling for, including tougher rules requiring banks to assess their ability to withstand climate-related losses. Some have also been calling for banks to limit the extension of financing to fossil fuel companies. Instead, the council reiterated a set of recommendations from its October report, which called for improved data to evaluate climate-related financial risks and more uniform disclosure requirements to help investors make more informed decisions. For WIPR and my esteemed producer, Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. The shortage of new vehicles available to purchase in America has become so severe that many people are hopping onto an airplane before arriving at the auto dealership. As indicated by writer Neil Boudet, a shortage of computer chips, in large measure resulting from decisions made during the early days of the pandemic, has rippled through the auto industry this year. Many manufacturers have had to close plants due to a lack of parts, leaving auto dealers with millions fewer vehicles to sell. One consequence is that car buyers are having to travel hundreds of miles to find vehicles they want, and they've given up haggling on price. Instead, some dealers are adding an extra $2,000 or $3,000 on top of list prices for new cars. In November, the average price of a new car hit a record by approaching $45,900. That was up from slightly less than $40,000 a year ago, according to Edmunds, an auto data supplier. The average price for a used car is now more than $29,000, up from less than $23,000 in 2020. Edmonds anticipates the average price for used cars to exceed $30,000 next year for the first time ever. 
the auto industry's chip shortage is traceable to the pandemic's early stages when automakers closed factories and cut orders for computer chips and other parts. For WIPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. Colas are making a comeback. I don't mean Coca-Cola or Pepsi-Cola. I mean cost-of-living adjustments negotiated between management and labor. As indicated by writers David Harrison and Sarah Cheney-Cambone, striking workers at food manufacturer Kellogg recently ratified a contract that includes a cola. That is the second major labor agreement in recent weeks to feature such pay adjustments. Analysts indicate that colas could become more commonplace during future negotiations between employers and unions. Under a cost-of-living adjustment, a worker's pay rises to compensate for the increase in consumer prices. The idea is simple, to protect the purchasing power of wages during periods when consumer prices are rising rapidly and unpredictably. These provisions frequently formed parts of union contracts 40 or 50 years ago when inflation was high. According to Harrison and Cambone, starting in the 1990s, as inflation became less of an issue, colas became less prominent. But now, resurgent inflation is inducing some workers to ask for higher wages. Inflation has been running at its fastest pace in 39 years. Federal Reserve officials and many economists have acknowledged that they don't know how high inflation will get, nor how long it will last. For WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. As we close out what turned out to be a fascinating, albeit tragedy-laden year, one can contemplate that for which 2021 might be remembered. COVID-19 stands out, or perhaps more specifically, the Delta and Omicron variants. 2021 will also forever have a strong association with inflation, with inflation running as hot this year as at any point over roughly the past 40 years. But perhaps the single thing for which 2021 will be most remembered is the shortage of workers. As indicated by writer Ben Castleman, a national labor shortage has produced delayed shipments, lengthy waits at restaurants, and myriad other frustrations for consumers and employers alike. Strong demand for workers has also produced many resignations, as workers continuously seek better opportunities. It has also produced rapidly rising wages, which in turn has conspired, along with global supply chain disruptions, to contribute to outsized inflationary pressures. Rising wages have also rendered life more difficult for many nonprofits, which often lack the resources of their private sector counterparts. Many of these nonprofits work with vulnerable populations, and they are experiencing waves of worker departures and rising numbers of available unfilled positions as their salaries fall further behind their for profit counterparts. For WIPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu.